Straight out of Gibraltar, sponsored by Coca-Cola. Hi guys, welcome back to Straight Out of Gibraltar. We're back with a brand new season and brand new episodes and brand new guests. So before we get carried away and introduce who our guest is this week, we'd like to thank our sponsors, of course, Coca-Cola, Second and Speed. We can't thank uh, Guy Povedano, Lady Fava and Suraj Award enough for, for all they do for us and all they continue to do for us. And it's great to be sponsored by them and have always been very receptive to everything that we want to do and want to achieve in the future. So thank you guys for that kind of sponsorship and those more than anything else, the friendship that's the most important thing out of the sponsorship a sponsorship a friendship was born so thank you very much guys so today's guest is monica gomila and i think monica gomila has done her fair share and in a good way she's done uh she, one of her latest tracks is featured in a movie i, I believe it's french monica you can correct me on this 
Uh, and the movie is is a French movie, and of course, it's just recently been released. But she's going to tell us all about her journey. Prior to the show, and uh, just before I introduce my guest, you, you heard Vibrations uh, Canarios. Tell us about Vibrations and Canarios. And before that, and anything else, how are you doing today, Monica? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> how are so, you? It's, it's, I'm okay. Getting, like I said, back to the grind. And more important, before you get to back to the grind, it's, I want to say, after the pandemic, it makes me, it's made me appreciate local music a lot more. Because obviously mm. you get you get around to listening to things maybe you never got around to listening to before. It doesn't have to be local in general, but other things in general as well. I mean, it could be something from the eighties and that maybe you missed out on, and you're like, you know, now I know why it's it's such a big thing. Mm. So obviously you chose vibrations um, as one of your tracks, uh, and vibrations for not many many, many people that know. Um, I want to say they are probably one of Gibraltar's biggest exports in every sense of the yeah. word. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one, I wanted to keep, firstly keep it in the family and so apart from lo uh, supporting local musicians, keep it in the family. Uh, Richard Gomila is actually my husband's uncle. And um, I mean, they in their days, in their day, they had, um, I think, quite significant international success. I mean, they're one of the few local uh, musicians who supported, you know, legendary singers. So they were a support band for I mean, the great Shirley Bassey doesn't get bigger than that, if you think about it. And um, also Michael Ball and other, other big artists. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of, you know, show respect to them and obviously respect to, to Richard, <laughs> our family. So that's well, why I chose. I chose well, we listen to Vibrations quite a lot here. And I, I, I inter we interviewed Richard last year and just to listen to the stories as to when they went yeah. on tour and like some of, uh, like off record as well, which obviously couldn't be sold, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't really matter. I mean, I think um, the contributions that they made towards local music, and even to this day, like even when you look at Victor Francis, he's still around, you know, and still giving yeah, his all, yeah, all the time. And Richard was six played doing his thing as well, and I, yeah. all of them, you know, and, and it was one of those bands, it was a dream lineup. When you look back on it now, it's like, you know, it's the best of the best. All together, like creating this amazing cocktail. That even though yeah. some of them were covers and there was some of them they were original compositions, but when it comes down to, for example, Canarios, I remember always being amazed because I remember only watching the video clip once, and over the years I'm like, I do, I need to watch that again, and it wasn't until about last year during uh, during the pandemic that I spoke to Judo Vincenzo. And mm. Judah, to his credit, he's like, no, I think I have it. We took through all these DVDs that I have of vibrations footage. And so, lo and behold, it's on YouTube now. So it's fantastic to actually look back on and actually reminisce as much as I did. And obviously the William, the William Gomez factor, which doesn't go amiss. Uh, everyone, I don't think I've met a musician or not even musicians. It, it's people in general in Tulsa who doesn't have a William Gomez story. And then mm. the, there's so many people who were influenced by him, inspired by him. It, it's yeah. top notch. And the real deal. They were the real deal. He was indeed. And, and yeah. well, they all were. They, they, let's they not were just point fingers at one. So yeah. before we get carried away and obviously play another track, which we will, uh, Monica, how did it all start for you? My music journey, you mean? Yeah. Oh, wow. How far did I go? Um, well, I've always. I mean, I've always sung, I've always loved music, of course. I mean, growing up, I used to um, 
just spend hours. You know, back in the day, it was the CDs. Oh, when I was very, very little, it was the cassettes, and I would just sit there <clears throat> and open the little pamphlets. You know, back in the day, they had all the lyrics set out. They had, um, you know, who were the composers, who who produced the song, and I would just spend hours and hours just because I was a reader anyway. Like you just, I would either read books or be listening to music and listening to the lyrics. And it was just a passion that I had, but it was never anything that I thought that I would pursue in any way because I used to be quite a you know quiet child, quite shy, I guess you would say. Uh, um, so yeah, so that was that. And then so I just carried on my journey. I actually went to university, but I didn't, I didn't, I mean I didn't even choose music for GCSC or or anything like that. It wasn't until I went to university I, I read an accounting and finance degree actually graduated but I just felt I can't explain it all. I just felt I wasn't going in the right direction so when I graduated I came back to Gibraltar just for that summer and then I did something that now seems kind of crazy but it was the beginning of walking into the unknown and walking to, more towards the path of, of who I felt I truly was and I just I just um, decided I'm going to follow music at the time I used to say my music dream or whatever without really knowing where I was going so I booked a flight back to London uh, and stayed I kind of did a bit of couch surfing for a while until I kind of settled in a bit and just started going to auditions and initially my aim was to get over my shyness because you know you yeah. can have a natural talent you could have ability you know but you know you also which is much of what I teach now which we'll speak about later but you know you can have all the talents in the world but if you don't have a healthy foundation or uh, you know uh, a confidence and a boldness then you'll never uh, be able to fulfill, you know, or get close to your potential. So at the time, my aim was just to get over my shyness. And out of the five auditions I went to, I actually got three of them. And so within a month, I was, you know, straight into studios in London. And that's when I first started to co-write. Again, I'd, I'd never, um, it had never occurred to me, for example, to combine my love of music and my love of, my love of words and yeah. expression and bring them together it never occurred to me that I was a songwriter because it never been presented to me. So it wasn't until I, I went to London and got through and got uh, working in studios that it was actually suggested to me, you know, why don't you join in this co-write session? I'm like, yeah, sure, fine. And then I still remember the first session I ever had and it was almost like a light bulb moment, as cheesy as that sounds, yeah. but <laughs> I just discovered, I knew I had discovered something that I would be doing for, you know, going forwards. And, and yeah, so... Um, that was the beginning, I would say, and then it kind of, after that was has been a very long <laughs> process, <laughs> journey, which I'm still on, it never ends. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of this. Yeah. You grow as you're learning, I suppose, and like, especially music. I mean, I'm not musical myself, but my family, are, but uh, when I look back on just looking at my dad, my uncle, and ju just the process of it all, you know, where just to see them, it's like you say, like you could have all the talents, but it's not even about the shyness or sometimes, but it's more than anything else. Wanting to showcase yourself and in a way where maybe you feel embarrassed because you think, what, what if I'm not good enough? Mm -hmm. Because there's probably like 25,000 people better than you, for example. But at the same time, you should, once you get it out there, and obviously those songwriting sessions, I suppose, all these um, different experiences that you were going through helps as well, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, and that was just only the beginning because the one thing is like your journey in your, like in your artistry or in your, in your compositions and I'm building that, those skills, that skill set. But then another journey is like, do you want to like 
how, where do you want to go with it? Do you want to go into the music industry? Do you want to be a professional? Do you want to be a yeah. paid writer? I mean, do you want to write for other artists? Do you know? So that's kind of the journey that I had to go through. So at the beginning, so that was the beginning of kind of my, you know, I guess as a professional in, in music. But then I went through the process of, you know, six or seven years on the London gig scene, um, trying to, you know, be an artist. So I was kind of going for the singer-songwriter thing, and that's what I thought I wanted to do. And I had many, many, like, wonderful, you know, experiences and opportunities. Like, you know, I sang also as part of choirs, big gospel choirs. Uh, we opened for Stevie Wonder, for example. Um, I sung in the Royal Albert Hall. I mean, many, many experiences that I would have never had if I hadn't taken that kind of what seemed like a crazy leap at the time. Um, I also got my first, uh, well, one of the first co-writes that I did, we actually got a zinc, a sync uh, opportunity that I've sent you the song that I think I believe you're going to play later. Um, just things that I would have never done, but I came to a point, for example, where I realized what, what is my true passion? What is it that I want to do? And I realized that, um, ironically, because now I've got an opportunity where my, a song with my vocals got chosen for a movie. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, I mean, for the last 10 years, I have been focusing just purely on building my skill set and networking in terms of uh, a songwriter. It's only now that, you know, unexpectedly, one of my songs got um, chosen for the soundtrack of this movie that uh, was um, nominated at the Cannes Festival, and uh, they actually wanted to keep my vocal on it. So, um, you know, so it's, it's a journey where you have to not only learn about yourself, but also learn and discover what is it exactly that you want to do. Yeah. Do you do gigs? Do you want to be a writer? Do you want to be behind the scenes? You're not, but at the same time, also be open to, you know, this is a, a an industry where anything can happen really. So you have to be open to it. So um, when it throws you a curveball like now, where um, I never expected for, for my vocal to be on a track any longer, you know, at this stage of my life, then suddenly this opportunity came up and I just run with it. Now I've learned, you know, I always say like, again, it sounds very cheesy, but I say, you know, a friend in London once told me, Monica, you know, blessed are the flexible, meaning you have to be flexible. Because <laughs> sometimes you're like, no, I have to do it like this. So if I would have stayed stuck, for example, in that mindset that I had when I was first in London, where I have to be an artist, a pop artist or whatever, um, then I wouldn't have advanced and I wouldn't have, you know, um, you know, continued growing because you can stay stuck. Yeah. I have to, but you also have to have the wisdom, I think, and understand that um, you have to flow and you have to be open to new opportunities. And so now I get opportunities to write in random genres that if I, again, if I hadn't been open-minded and I never would have. So for example, I've got a couple of song holes now in the Asian market, the music genre. So K-pop, don't even know about K-pop, J-pop, they're, they're very big at the moment. And if I hadn't been willing to learn how to write, uh, in that, in that music genre, for example, then I wouldn't have had these opportunities either. So I always advise all of my students and anyone I speak to, to, you know, don't limit yourself, don't box yourself, because you just don't know where your path will lead. Absolutely. And sometimes trying a new genre or trying something new uh, could lead you to, to bigger and better things, you know? The biggest so, risk in life is the one that you don't take. So uh, exactly. it's, a, it's the best way to, it's the best way to sum it up. And yeah. you, met, you mentioned that of being a part of a gospel choir and opening up for the legendary Stevie Wonder. What was that yes. like? That was, we, um, that was a choir that was put together by Sinita. I don't know if you know her, but she's, um, yes, I do. she's a, a pop artist you, in the 80s and she's good friends with um, Sam Simon Cowell. Cowell. Yes, and right. I knew her by, uh, I'd met her in actually a church that I used to go to in London. And she put together this choir called Ark Choir. And um, it was for... Um, 
a couple of charity, big charity events, these people do very big events, you know, for, for yeah, raising money for charity. And for one of these, like the, the guest artist was Stevie Wonder, out of a people who I absolutely love and um, obviously an admirer. And um, that was amazing. They only gave us, we opened up for him. Um, we were the kind of support act. We were singing gospel songs. And then he was the, obviously the, the main act following. But they only gave us five minutes to see him on the side of the stage. So we watched for five minutes and then they kind of, you know, just <laughs> away. <laughs> away. Like that's enough, you have to leave. But I was able at least to hear him live um, for five minutes on the side and then, you know, backstage. And the the man, I mean, he was, you know, he's on a one of what I say on a, on a different level. Yeah. Um, his artistry, like, is his songwriting. He was singing, you could close your eyes as if you're listening to the CD. I mean, that man, pitch perfect vocals, powerful. It was a, it was an amazing experience. It was definitely a highlight, um, one of my highlights in London, for sure. One of the things I've always at least felt about Stevie in general was, well, is rather, that he continues to be so humble. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, he doesn't do that many interviews for that reason. You know, he's that humble, you know, people know his trajectory, people know what he's done. So it's like, you know, why do I want, should I talk about my career when people know what I've done in a good way? You know, like there's others who, not, not, I don't want to say that they take advantage of it, but because they don't. But I mean, Stevie is one of those who likes to take the back seat and likes to see the next generation grow. And if he gets the opportunity to perform his greatest hits like he does on tour most of the time, you know, they're still, I, I just say they still sound just as great when they all got released as to what they do now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they, they don't age at all. No, they don't. But that's, I think, a good song, you know, a good song is a song is king. No, so a good song is a good song. I mean, you can get it produced. Like for nowadays, everything's, you know, at least in the mainstream, very pop or in a different style. You can produce it in a different way or different style. But if the song is good, if the song is, you know what I mean? It's, 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 song is king. It's all about the song in my, in my. Absolutely. It's a, I mean, it's, it's completely different mindset and segue, but I mean, it's a segue into our next track. And this is one which, I listen to quite a lot, admittedly. Um, of course, we talk about Porti by Melon Diesel, which is probably, in my opinion, the ultimate. Mm -hmm. More than it, when you listen, look at, listen to the entire discography, it's just phenomenal from start to finish. I mean, there isn't one bad song on it, I just think. And that's not nothing to, like to, to be, not not to sound big headed, like because they're not big headed people or, the, or anything, but you just listen to them and they conquered a market which was so different at the time. But they, they gave it their own Gibraltarian identity. And then yeah. when they, apart from the Gibraltarian identity, you listen to them now, whether if it's still in performing them live, or even if you listen to the songs again for the first time, it's like, what has this been? Or what does this mean in, in, in a good way? And mm -hmm. I mean, Porti is just up there. So tell us about why Porti for you, what does it mean to you in general? Yeah, I mean, again, just in support, I think it's just good to highlight you know, people who have not just represented Gibraltar, but just local local artists, local musicians that have, um, you know, gone into any international market and, and you know, built a name for themselves and, you know, have stood on, on, a, on a real stage with musicians. And I think for, for me, I mean, those are, that's a quality, quality written song. I mean, that's a part, obviously they're a great yeah. group and, you know, the vocals, obviously. But it's just such a well-written, good song. And it was one of my favorites. I just love it. So that had to be in there. That had to be in my list of five songs for sure. I mean, for me, it's 
like I said before, even though I'm not a musician myself, but I know I wouldn't be here doing what I do now if it wasn't for them. Because purely, wow. I, mean, I remember growing up, and, and this is a story I say quite a lot, but I remember just listening to the Contra Corriente album. I remember listening to Contra Corriente, obviously the title track first. And, um, and then when I listened to the track, I'm like, you know, it's Dylan, but this is my brother. So I mean, oh, it's Dylan, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, you say Dylan, there's people that you know. So it's very easy to say, but not very easy to, to say at the same time. And But when you listen to a, re- a friend on a record, it's still a, one of the most amazing feelings. It always will mm. be. And mm. but I had never heard the Treehouse stuff prior to that. So just listening to the melodies and stuff was new. But anyway, yeah. I saw the music video. I'm like, you know what? I need to try and get them to sign my CD one way or another. I had to I had to make that happen. And, and eventually I only got the, the single, which actually had Here We Are as well on it, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And once I saw that, and then being amazed, you know, a bit starstruck, even though I knew I had known Dylan my entire life. Uh, I had known Guy my entire life, obviously, because we, we were in family together. But it, it was a very starstruck moment, because obviously then they made it big. And I realized that the years went by, and I, as I got older, I went to Madrid once, and one, I had a friend of mine from Madrid tell me, oh, but you know about Melanie's on the mic? Yeah. He's like, what are they like? like he probably expected me to tell him that. They're one of these people that like to boast or anything else. I'm like, just like you and me. That's simple. And he's like, ah, okay. He didn't ask again. I'm like, well, probably wanted a scoop or something. I don't know. But I mean, it's it's one of those things, you know. I mean, I you listen to them now, they still sound great. And Porti yeah. is just a testament to what local music was then and what, what it would eventually become, as I say. It was all that. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, yeah. the, the songwriting, it's just from start to finish, an amazing song. Exactly. Really so I'll, I mean, I'm not, we will play it now, obviously, for the viewers and the listeners to actually enjoy it as much as we do. So if you're listening to it for the first time, you're in for a treat. If you've listened yeah. to it a billion times, you're still in for a treat. So it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Un 
poco más, deja de volar. A veces no sé quién soy, no sé ni dónde voy, eres mi obsesión. Llego mi despertar, a veces no sé si estás a dos o no, pero tú, solamente tú, puedes lograr ver mi claridad por ti. And we're back. So that, that was actually Porti by Melon Ziesel. And I think Monica probably agree with me on this, that we could probably talk about Melon Ziesel all day in general. But obviously, we've got other things to talk about and mostly about your career in general. And one of these tracks in particular was actually featured on a McDonald's advert, which is just phenomenal in its own right. So tell us about how, how did that happen? Yeah, so uh, Angels Alibi was the track you're talking about. It was actually yeah. one of my first co-writers, one of the, you know, one of the auditions I told you about that I got through and uh, it's with a group of people. I was in at the time, so back in the day, in an underdevelopment uh, contract and it included, you know, um, kind of building my skill set as a songwriter. I was a pretty new songwriter. I was working with some great people, some great musicians and, and producers. And we just wrote the song. Is just, I would just show up. So at the time, I would just uh, like work three days a week so I could have the rest of the days to be in the studio. So I was in the studio as much as I could. Obviously, so it was four days a week for me. Yeah. To me, it would have been there every day, but under the stuff, I had to pay my bills. Um, yeah, so we would just, I would just show up and we would just write, write whatever we, we felt to write. It was really very freeing to just flow with creativity, just see what I wanted to write about. And, and for me, it was the beginning of, of learning of, you know, 
what again what did I want to do I mean what did I want to say what did I want to write about what do I want to bring and um that song was initially meant to be one of my songs that I was going to release as an artist uh, but again like I told you my journey kind of changed after that but yeah so we were very um uh yeah blessed we got opportunity to get this song on a on a it's kind of like an, an album is for, for uh, sync opportunities. And from the year 2004 to the year 2007, it just was showing up. For some reason, it showed up a lot in Australia. I don't know, I don't know why they loved it over there. So it showed up in the Soap Neighbours. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, like, I do remember Neighbours. Yeah, apparently a very emotional scene where I think it was Marcus that was passing away. I don't remember the exact scene, but someone sent it to me. And then I also have, because uh, I lived in London, obviously, and uh, a lot of my close friends were Australian, are Australian, and they were, and maybe they'd moved back. And I would get messages all the time. I've just seen your song. Your song has been on McDonald's. You've been, so it was good at the time. It was the first kind of royalties that I received from a song. <laughs> it was a miracle. As long as you got them, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got my royalties. That's, that's good. So McDonald's, it was random. I mean, it would show up in random places. I think um, someone called me to tell me it's shown up in Nickelodeon as well um a salami advert in germany i think it was a Poland. it was very 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 random but the, the song just kept on being chosen for different things so that was um a part that obviously was very encouraging for me yeah at the time obviously that you know i kind of proved to myself that perhaps i could be a true professional and get you know get my my songs out there but other than that it's always cool to 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 see your work out there you know yeah. and, and it's not something to take for granted because you know um uh, the music industry is known for being a, a tough, a tough it one, is, yeah. and it is. It's got amazing things also, but it's a, it's a tough one. So I'm just grateful for for every single opportunity I get, and that was one of the first ones that I really, really was especially grateful for because it was like one of the first as a songwriter that I yeah. had um, experienced. Yeah. You, I mean, when you highlight neighbors in particular, I mean, I think the best way to sum up what neighbors is in in every sense of the word. I would just say you can compare it to any other TV show in the world, but it's probably had, I don't know, maybe 30 something odd seasons. It's got so many episodes. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was pretty much, it's pretty much the Australian EastEnders. That's the best way to exactly. say Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking that. That's what it is. Yeah. It's it's so popular. Say, like all Australian shows, I mean, Home and Away, I believe, is another one. But I mean, but, but we're not here to well Australian <laughs> TV shows. But I mean, Neighbours is very popular, and it, it, it's still. I mean, I know King Calloway, um, Simon Dumas has been actually featured on Neighbours as well. I, I believe they did. Yeah. Oh, and, really cool. uh, I mean, I think it was about a year ago, just after the the first wow, lockdown that we had. And it, it's it, it's amazing. I mean, if Eastern, how do you end something like that? Think about it, Omi. If you've got EastEnders and who's which is still going on after all these years, yeah, how do you? There would no, never be an argument, or there would probably be a thousand arguments as to how you end those particular shows because there is no, no way to do it. You'll have to create as if that one, big, the dead, the <laughs> one big natural disaster, something happens, and then that's it. But, but that's the best way. So. Yeah. And we're going to play Angel's Lullaby. Oh, no, see, this is the one that you're saying that, obviously, you got, at least you got paid your royalties, which is very important. Yeah, very I mean, grateful. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. I mean, if you didn't, <laughs> because if you didn't get your royalties, and obviously you had made it in something such as McDonald's, like, yeah. I don't know, McDonald's have it. I mean, McDonald's can pay. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it comes. 
<laughs> and it's only right, I think, you know, there's still, I think, and this is a completely different topic and one that we could talk about for a long time, but I think there's still a long way to go uh, in the subject of, you know, musicians and writers and creatives deserve to get paid yeah. for your work. There's still a lot of, oh, come and sing and, you know, for the exposure and do it for free or give you a meal. And it's like, you know, people don't understand that the same as a lawyer or an accountant puts hours and years into their, into their work, into yeah. their career. You know, a, a, a singer who can sing in tune and sing really well and, you know, and the same with a writer, producer, has years and years of work. Absolutely. Work, work that pe most people don't, don't see and don't understand how many hours it, it takes. So, you know, let the musicians get paid. Let the writers get paid. And it's got a long way to go in that, but, you know, we need to bring awareness to that. that Absolutely. That I completely agree. I think, I think it's also mostly the fact that they don't see the the sacrifices that musicians make. I mean, no, no. Uh, and it's not even about getting the equipment, going to perform or anything else. I mean, I compare it, for example, with local musicians. I mean, we have local musicians, we have local bands who, on a given Friday or Saturday, even, for example, if they were to play, I, I don't, and it could be any venue in Gibraltar, but the fact that they're giving up family time to entertain you should be enough merit to say here's what you you, you should get paid work. and th this is what you should get merited for and that's it I mean, it, it, that that for me is enough i mean they work nine to five then rehearsals like you say and it, it's it's not easy you I mean and, and like you say but it has to be highlighted quite a lot that musicians do need to get paid and musicians also need to give not not, not just need to give their, their, their role but they they need to fight that fight I mean, it's very easy yeah. to say, yeah, I'm uh, okay, hang up. But, but you, you, yeah. you still need to get paid. And, and no matter how big or how small the gig is, you need to get paid, no matter what. That's the best way to yeah. sum it up. So we're going to play that song now. And obviously, and after that, we, we're going to play I Wouldn't Change a Thing straight after that. And you can tell yeah. us about I Wouldn't Change a Thing once it's over. So back to back, we're going to play these two, and we'll be back after that. Pen away, baby, you'll be okay. 
I've been looking around and my heart is feeling full today Going down memory lane, there's so much I could say Dreaming of days gone by So many times that I second-guessed along the way Did I do the right thing? Am I living my best life today? Dreaming of days gone by Ooh, there's so much that you just don't see I know my story's still beginning For every heartbreak, I found a dream For every smile, I've cried an ocean of tears For every hope that I thought I'd never see It's all worth it, no, I wouldn't change a thing I wouldn't change a thing back guys and that was um angel's lullaby and we i wouldn't change a thing so tell us about i wouldn't change a thing yeah so this song i wrote with um a latvian amazing latvian producer casper zansons um and i wrote it at a writing camp in las negras uh, this was in i believe 2018 and so i've been I'd been pitching it for a while, and then uh, the opportunity came up for the Gibraltar Song Festival that I never actually entered. Uh, this was 2019, I think. See, just obviously before COVID and the lockdowns yeah. and all that. 
So I just thought that year I never entered and I thought, I'm just gonna send a few songs. Why not, you know, I'm here anyway. The songs are in my iTunes at the moment, I'm pitching them, but they, they were uh, free, you know, they hadn't been published or anything. So I just sent it in and uh, I said, I actually sent three songs in, I believe. And that, and that one got to the finals. And yeah, so I hadn't sung on a stage, especially a pop song like that for quite a while. So uh, that was a good adventure. But um, yeah, it was the night went great. Uh, I was grateful to get a third prize, a third place, sorry, for, for that song. And um, yeah, at least it did something, it was heard somewhere. So just, you know, we'll carry on forwards. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, keep calm and move on, <laughs> like they say. We'll carry on forwards. Yeah, and how often do you travel like for work, like anything related to music? I used to. This is before, obviously, March 2020. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you that story now. But um, no, usually, um, obviously, balancing out like my work here, my family, and all that. So I used to travel maybe four times a year. Um, is what I did. What I decided, you know, that I was gonna travel. Didn't want to travel more than that because I want to be here with my daughter, my husband, obviously, and and I have work here as well. You know, it's part time, but I I really, you know, it's my work and um. So I travel four times a year um, to different camps. So some of them I get invited to, uh, uh, and some of them I would have to apply when I initially. But then afterwards, you know, it's, it's I mean, networking is just building. You slowly build. So at the beginning, yeah. you may have to apply for it, and, and and all that. And then eventually, you know, they'll ask you to come back, and you know, if 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 they like your work and they like what you do. So I would do that uh, four times a year or so. And it's funny because 2020, I was going to give it an extra push. It was like, right, things are going well. I'm slowly building momentum. And I booked in a few extra trips that year for 2020. I was going to go to Norway. I was going to, I forgot what I was going to go. I was going to go to a few extra ones. And obviously, <laughs> uh, everything got cancelled. But you know what? Uh, everything's about perspective. Because initially, I thought, oh, my goodness, everything is cancelled. Uh, but you know what I found? I found that after the kind of dust settled, or the shock, I should say, settled. Yeah maybe after a month or six weeks or so, what happened was that we were all forced to work online if we wanted to carry on working, we wanted to carry on creating. Yeah. I personally love to collaborate, so I don't really sit, I mean, I do my own little personal songs on my own, but in general, I've, I've um, trained myself to, you know, to work yeah. and collaborate with producers and other top liners. And what happened was in the end was because I had trained myself, I've been training for years, um, I, to record vocals at home. So obviously work on the vocal arrangement, record quality vocals. I have my recording equipment at home and, and that actually I use this little room as, a, as my studio. Uh, what happened was that because I have those skills, thankfully, uh, many more opportunities came out. So 2020 was actually the year that I wrote uh, in more songwriting camps and songwriting sessions than the, than the previous two years. Yeah. Even and it was because even though it was online, but it was because I was already used to writing online, and so the opportunities were just there. So I just run with it. Absolutely. So the silver lining to everything, you know, the silver lining to everything, and and it also shows that if you just again be flexible, because at the beginning when I started recording, I'm trying to learn because I had never recorded at home. I just focused on the writing on the vocals. Um, at the time when I started some years back, it felt like like oh I'm not very technical and blah, 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 but yeah. and it felt a bit hard at the beginning. But um, it's something that I needed to do, especially if I only if I just want to travel just four times a year because I didn't want to be out every single month, you know, traveling and for networking and for and for writing. So it was a whole different skill set that I had to build. 
Yeah. And little did I know, though, that in 2020, this was going to happen and that it was going to be a blessing to have built that skill set of being able to record at home and being able to, you know, know yeah. how to use logic and, and being able to um, sort the, you know, the the harmonies and the, and the whole vocal um, arrangement. Yeah. Um, but but again, I was flexible, and I think it's, it's something that I'm repeating a lot. But I think it's very, very important because I, I'm very very aware that if I hadn't been flexible, then I would have probably not been able to carry on Absolutely. collaborating. I wouldn't have had the skill to do so, or I would have had to start learning it now. Yeah, and that's a whole a whole lot of time and a whole lot of you know. I mean, it come it could have been done anyway, but thankfully I already had that skill set. Uh, I'm still building on it. There's always more improvement, and you know you're always is building always you know getting better hopefully yeah. but at least i'm able to do it so so yeah so there's, that's the silver lining for me for all the lockdowns was that everybody was at home and we had to just write if you wanted to continue we just had to write at home to collaborate online yeah i think most so, musicians will tell you that the, the the pandemic lockdowns or anything else have been a blessing in disguise because most musicians have been tackling things that maybe they've been putting off for many years, obviously, the fact that they couldn't gig. I mean, sometimes it's whether it's being to complete writing an album or writing new music in particular. Most yeah. bands, like, or even artists, like, worldwide, it's not just been local, but on a, on a worldwide scale, have put all their focus on that. You know, if you have the ways and means yeah. to record music at home, like obviously, you can mention Logic or any other program or any other software, yeah. do it. You know, nowadays, as I say, in inverted commas, it's a lot easier to record yourself at home, not having to rely on going into a studio to record or anything else. But I mean, if you, it's very important and it's 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 vital sometimes. It's very important. I mean, I, for example, my students, the ones that I see that you know have a real interest in in, in music and maybe gigging, I I, I always I recommend to all of them because the the, the days of just being a singer in my opinion, could well be over. You need to, you know, um, if you have a good ear for melodies, then start working on your songwriting skills. You never know, it yeah. could be a talent you have and it could be a skill set that you build. Uh, learn to use, thankfully I've, I've been hearing that in schools now, if you do GCC music and all that, they're teaching, you know, they're teaching the students how to use logic and how to, at least a foundation. Yeah. And nowadays, you know, you can even go on YouTube and there's like tutorials on it. And uh, I can't remember so, yeah. how many times I've gone on YouTube for a tutorial on something to do with logic. <laughs> logic <laughs> is pretty, <laughs> you can drive me nuts. But, you know, nowadays there's, there's ways and means and definitely build your skill set. Yeah. So if you have a good ear for music, you know, start looking into, you know, lyrics and melodies and, you know, and building those skills as a writer. Also learn how to record your your vocals do it at home because now more and more singing on its own is is you know those days are over i think you need Absolutely. to really and also networking i think people who don't understand that um i think there's still there's a lot of myths and things in music that i think you know i call it myths because there's still this kind of um mentality of you know if i go somewhere and do a gig i'm going to get discovered there and I, I don't think i think the music industry has changed a lot and especially now with the lockdowns and covid and all that yeah um, i think the music industry has changed a lot so it's, it's good news really in the sense that you know for those wondering like oh my goodness i won't be able to gig so i, I won't be able to carry on networking i won't be able to carry on with my music or my or my but for those i want to go into the industry i'm, I'm talking that actually you know don't underestimate the the networking side of it Absolutely. there's a whole 
a whole lot of other skills that you have to build that are outside of your of, of music, outside of your gifting. And it's networking, talking to people online, reaching out to people, um, you know, very, very important. I mean, to be honest, um, one of the big reasons that I would travel was for networking, for meeting people, meeting other producers, yeah. meeting publishers, meeting, you know, we're not able to do that face-to-face -face at the moment anymore for a while. Um, but it's, it's super, super important. I think the key. That, you need to be able to do a whole lot of other things as well. It's not just, just singing. It's a networking, collaborating, yeah. whole thing. I think the key is, like I always say to any young and upcoming musician, it's, it's the key is that you never know who's listening. I mean, it could happen here, or it could be a clip that you upload on YouTube or even on your personal Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or any other social media platform. But I mean, it doesn't really matter. But I mean, nowadays, because if you just, it could be a cover, it could be an original, you, you just never know. It, it could be someone who likes the original, will pay you X amount for, oh, what are the lyrics to this? As long as you get, maybe like you get paid those royalties for being the original songwriter to the song. Mm -hmm. But I mean, more, more important than anything else, it's you just never know who's listening. And, and like you said, it's about the networking as well. I mean, you want to meet people who have had different experiences you don't know what experiences those songwriters have had maybe they've gone through something really traumatic that you would never want to put yourself through but when they mm. put that into music it's beautiful because then it's like you know what yeah so every negative there's a positive they say and sometimes yeah. it happens with big artists you know i mean i listen to a lot of country music i listen to a lot of rock music i listen to a bit of everything but when I listen to songs that have meaning, or even with songs that don't have meaning, regardless of what the lyrics say, there's probably something that's tr driven them to write about that particular topic. It could be heartbreak, it could be global warming, it could be world peace. Yeah, it could be, authentic, you know? I mean, Neil Young wrote about keeping rocking in the free world, stuff like that. And it, it, it's something as simple as that, you know? Yeah. And it's, we talk about Stevie Wonder, he, he sings about his... Uh, isn't she lovely it's the most one of the most amazing songs on the planet and mm. it's the it's the most simple that with the best harmonies and the one of the most simple lyrics but it works and that's the so, key i'm all about simplicity you know i think it was bon i read a quote once i think it was bono who said uh there's genius and simplicity and actually i had also the blessing to to meet albert hammond I did um, backing vocals for him, I think it was 2010, I think before I got married, for his um, Legendas album. Yeah. And um, I don't know how the conversation came up, it was about songwriting. And he, uh, I, this is my paraphrase, so I'm not quoting him word by word, but basically the, the, what I learned from him was, what is it that makes a great song? And he said, uh, he said, um, it's in, this, it's, it's in the simplicity of the melody and the simplicity. So he was talking about simplicity that sometimes we want to, well, this is my paraphrase, we want to complicate, you know, sometimes we're like, I've got to show, we've got to complicate the melody so much. We want to complicate yeah. the lyrics. So actually the listener who normally is not a musician, who doesn't have that ear like a musician or a writer, cannot grasp it, cannot feel it. So um, I'm very big on simplicity. I write very simple. It depends on the genres, obviously, like when I do, when I'm writing, Capo Capo is much more complicated in terms of melody. Maybe they like a lot of changes. Yeah. Um, they have like two different verses and then a different middle age. And, you know, it's a different word. But in general, when I'm writing, uh, I, my preference is 
not to overcomplicate. It's taken me a while to kind of learn this skill, but don't overcomplicate it. Put your ego to the side. It's not about showing off and showing how good you are. It's about what is best for the song, this song yeah. that you're writing. And I think that's a skill that I learned in, in collaboration. To collaborate, yeah. not just about the talent. You know, you, you've got a three, three, normally it's about two or three people in a room, a lot of energy, a lot of creativity, you know, it can get it can get a bit mad. Um, yeah. But it, it's very difficult to write a song when there's a lot of ego in the room. So you learn to put the ego to the side and be like, okay, what is best for the song? Um, so I, be, I believe in the power of, of simplicity. Simplicity doesn't mean that it's, it's not quality. If you listen to some of the best songs, like you were saying, for example, Stevie Wonder, like it seems oversimplistic. I mean, he's just talking about, but it's just, it's, it's the melody, it's, it's the whole artistry, it's the vocal, everything together. It's a masterpiece, you know? Absolutely. I mean, so I don't know, I'm very big on that. Simplicity. With Albert, um, Albert Hammond, the simplicities, like you said, are everything. I mean, he, for someone who's done so much, and I can, we know this firsthand, both of us, he ha- leads a very simple life. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's not about the gold records on, on the wall or anything else. So obviously he's written mega hits for so many artists and so many bands. But when you get to meet him and you sit down to it and uh, sit down or, and just talk to him in general, forget it's, yeah. you forget he's Albert Hammond. He's just Albert. That's it. I mean, there's no celebrity to him. There's no nothing. You know, he's still very humble. I've found yeah. over these. I mean, yeah, absolutely. To I mean, be seventy-seven and still touring is phenomenal and still doing it his all and i think that's a testament to himself and everything that he does but i mean he he's one of those i remember when he came to Gibraltar to perform in 2014 and i had interviewed him a month a few months prior to that and just and i just spoke to him and but now i want to go to the gig and and lo and behold my dad already got tickets i didn't know but anyway it was my first time seeing him live and probably probably the only time on home soil, unfortunately, but that's another mm. story. But anyway, mm. um, and I was just amazed, you know, I'm like, I was blown away completely. It's as if I wasn't going to be blown away. Yeah, I mean, the, the you know, and this, when you talk about that, he was, you know, the simplicity and how he is, his humility and in his melodies, but it's, it's genius. And I mean, what he did. As a songwriter, you know, people don't realize. I, mean, I just get glimpses in the music industry in my own network, but what he did is so huge. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite songs. I think I, I sent it to you in the email. It probably could be one of my favorite songs, and that's I don't know which is one, but probably that one is it, and it's one moment in time. Yeah. And uh, I mean, sung by Winnie Houston. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's a, it's a yeah. whole, I mean, he's in like on another level as a songwriter. And I think it needs to be acknowledged, you know. I think, uh, I mean, I have to say everywhere that I go, every single song uh, writing camp that I've been to, I'm normally the only Gibraltarian there. The, most of the people I meet have never heard of Gibraltar. So Gibraltar, where is that? One? But normally um, when I meet people who are, who are established songwriters themselves, so I've met, so many wonderful writers that I've had the privilege of learning uh, from who've written for Celine Dion and, you know, that, that, that kind of level. Every single one of them, straight away when I've said I'm from Gibraltar, they've all said, oh, Gibraltar, that's where Abel Tamland is from. Yeah. So he very much uh, acknowledged and, uh, you know, as 
one of the legends as one of the top songwriters that, that we've seen, you know, and, and I think he needs to be highlighted as well. Absolutely. It's very easy to forget. <laughs> but everywhere I go, he's acknowledged as, and then when I tell them, no, I actually did backing vocals for him, they're like, did you? Wow, you know, for them, it's a very, very big deal. And sometimes you can grant what you have in your, you know. I mean, I remember like straight after interviewed and obviously I told Albert, you know, I need to take a selfie with you. <laughs> yeah. And the first thing I do, obviously, once I put it on my Facebook and everything else, and I remember somebody come and said, Have, do you actually realize who you've just interviewed? Because he's so hard to, because despite. Speak to him, so humble. Yeah. Lesson for us to learn as well. Sorry to uh, interrupt. But no, it's um, fine. I think it's very important to, you know, if someone that big could, could be humble, you know, how much more us that were just, you know, we're doing our yeah. own thing. Yes, it has its value, has its worth, but I think there's no room for for arrogance, and it's something that we need to learn. That yes, okay, we may have talent, we may have worked with so and so and so, and so but I think one of the keys to to growing and and go, walking towards your potential is just be open to learn. So, for example, yeah. when I've been in a room with someone who I know has written for Celine Dion, and uh, I've been I've written with producer maybe who's had hits with Martin Garrix and and different people. Obviously, you have to walk in with confidence and knowing that you have something of value to bring, but always with humility and understanding that you can learn from these people. You know, yeah. I, I try and be like a sponge. Like I will watch these people when I'm in the session. I will listen. I will watch how they create. I will watch how they, you know, how they tackle a melody, how they tackle the lyrics. I, you know, and I think it's important for your growth. Some people are like, no, no, I you know enough. I don't want to learn. I'm like, no. If you, if someone's had you know, being somewhere or had an experience or done something that is far ahead of you. It's not about being like, oh, I need to big myself up. It's like, no, you know, come in, you know, with confidence, knowing that you have something of value to bring, yeah. of course, but you have an amazing opportunity to learn from someone who's gone through things and done things that you haven't done yet. So be a sponge and, and, and learn from them. Absolutely. It's important to teach that, I think, here, because sometimes we feel like uh, it's an industry that's kind of like, even locally, I guess, and anywhere, where it's music and musicians and creative people, there can be a lot of, you know, I need to prove myself and blah, blah, blah. And it's okay, but uh, I don't recommend that personally. I recommend on your run, your focus on your own race, build your own, build, build your skill set, because at the end of the day, that's what that's what that's what's gonna speak louder than anything else. Um, and two, remain humble because you could be learning, you, you know, that person that you're in the room with or talking to has a has a a journey has skills has things that you don't yet and it's and you know if you want to become better then learn from people who are better than you yeah the rather than having to prove yourself all the time i don't know that's how i how exactly i learn from everybody from anyone that i see that okay i i can learn from this person and that's Absolutely. what i do i just just like a sponge i'll take it all in that's the best way i was going to ask you obviously um what you uh, teach your students but i'm pretty sure like what what you just said is pretty well, you can much imagine but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good it's a good thing to teach i mean i mean it's similar to what i tell you and upcoming I and mean, even not the young musicians you know i mean we went to the 100 club with uh, and we did something with Jetstream with frontiers manatee and kristen celestia a few mm. years back and the first thing i said in my mind was if it's going to be done in london you never know who's going to come in or listen to i didn't know that many people obviously that were sending mm. obviously aside from selected people from the Ministry of Culture and obviously selected people from digital governments. Obviously some people from New and Angel who are organizing the festival uh, yeah. in September. But anyway, once we 
got down to it. I just remember uh, everything was over, just talking to Richard, may he rest in peace, and just speaking to Richard in particular, he, the first thing, uh, Richard Corum, the first thing he said, you know, I love them all. They all sound great. You know, they all bring something different. I love Francis, but I really like Simon, as in Simon Dumas. And I, it, it was that. And then uh, fast forward a year and a half later, um, just before I, they were going to get announced for the festival, um, mm -hmm. that when they were coming to Gibraltar, I remember speaking to to Richard again. Uh, one of the last few times I spoke to him, actually, and we are just talking. And he says, oh, um, we're bringing King Calloway over because I know their manager quite well. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, so now we're not, he probably recommended Simon to them. And that's where Simon is at, you know. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, for me, that was incredible. And then fast forward, I think maybe four or five weeks later, just before I had already the press release in my hand and uh, King Calloway had already been announced and everything else. And I get a message from Simon. And the first thing that Simon said to me was that, he wanted to thank me for what I've done for his career, just promote his music and everything else. I'm like, but he didn't have to do that, you know? Like, but but he wanted to. He's like, no, I had to make it very clear. I'm like, well, that's it, you know? There's nothing, no greater feeling than that for, for someone like me. But, but I mean, with young upcoming musicians, it's that trick, you know? You need to um, not just tackle the music, like the musician side, is great, you know, because obviously you do, you can do so many things. But the other side of it, to remain humble, you have to do it yourself. I mean, and and, and let me be honest, this when you leave Gibraltar, I mean, you see it in Gibraltar, there's talent everywhere. But you know, you go to a London or Germany or some kind of like hub where there's a, a, an industry that or there's publishers or whatever. I mean, let me be honest, there's talent everywhere. Yeah. That's truth, and to a very, very high standard. And does it, you know, apart that, I would recommend being authentic and being you and see where that takes you. Because if you try to be like someone else or something else, I mean, there's already a hundred, or I mean, there's already X amount of people yeah. doing that. You all sound the same and you all act the same. So just really, you know, take a bet on yourself and just be true to yourself and, and be authentic. But um, also understand that, you know, if you're a difficult person to work with, yeah, you may be talented, but guess what? They've got a hundred other people just dying to work with them that are just as talented. And yeah. it's very humbling in a good way though. Like you eat humble pie, you're gonna understand that, you know, sometimes your humility, your humility and, and just, you know, sometimes someone will call you again, like I said, this bearing in mind this talent everywhere. Sometimes someone will invite you to the session just because, you know, you're professional, you're efficient, but you also, it's pleasant to work with you. I mean, no yeah. one wants to, Especially nowadays with this talent everywhere and there's uh, so many people wanted to get into music and so many people wanted to get in you know if it's if it's cool to work with you they'll want to work with you again but if you're just really difficult you can't put your ego to the side you cannot like you know you're making it really hard to get the song done and all this and that because you want to prove yourself so much then they might not call you again and it doesn't mean that you're not talented but you know it's a different skill set and again then like you need yeah. to know how work with people as well and, and build that side no one's going to roll you know outside of Gibraltar no one's going to roll a red carpet out for you to work on just because you're talented there's talent everywhere yeah. there's talent everywhere and that's that's humbling and sobering but it also should be a motivation as well to understand that you know there's a bigger picture yeah I completely agree be humble <laughs> be hard work be humble and but also know your worth and, and show up fully you know what I mean it's, it's that kind of a you have to but, balance it out.
But that's the best way to sum up everything that you've done. I just say, be humble. Be humble. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to play Don't Break My Hearts again, which is the last track. And before we play that last track, obviously, we'd like to ask our listeners, uh, like uh, probably they all want to know, uh, what's next for you? So I'm going to just carry on doing what I've been doing. So I keep my head down. Like I said, my year feels like, September to September rather than January. So my new year kind of starts after the summer where once my daughter's back in school, you know, full days, that's when I get into the routine again of just writing, more writing, networking, um, pitching songs. Um, and just carry, I'm just gonna carry on. Uh, I've got a few songs on hold in Asia. So hopefully those will, will get confirmed, I'm hoping. Um, I've got a few sessions already coming up in September. We just carry on working hard, carry on staying very focused and moving forward. Hopefully that's that's the aim. Best way to sum it up. But one okay. thing we always say, and before we, I'll say that at the end anyway, but we, uh, I'd like to thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure to to, mm -hmm. to, to listen to the journey and to experience the journey full hand. Obviously, uh, it's not just even about the journey, but to, you have to learn or know the sacrifices that you've made like not just you, but all other musicians in particular, yeah. when, when you get to know all these sacrifices that you've made, it's a testament to what you do now and it, it reach, uh, you've reached to where you are now. The, the end goal is, is always the same, but it's, a, it's a, not that there's no end goal because it doesn't matter what the end goal is, but you still end up making it one way or another. And that's the most amazing thing. Okay. So, and we always say to, uh, when we sign off is, to, for, to all of all of the people that are listening and more, more important and to everything that everyone that follows our page is to support local music more important than anything else because when you do you're keeping local music alive so mm -hmm. thank you again monica for your time we'll be mm -hmm. back we'll be back hopefully in two weeks with a brand new episode and we'll actually tackle more local music more local music stories these are always fascinating for me to do so thanks for listening and take care guys
by subscribing to the show wherever you access your podcasts by searching for GLMS Podcasts.